Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. Today's guest is a ball of energy, Megan Jones. I just adore her. She is a health coach who helps her clients really just go on a transformation. It's not just about eating or exercise, but it's a whole balanced approach on self-love, the self-discovery journey while navigating all pieces, the physical, the emotional, and the mental. So I'm excited for Megan to share the work that she does in her own evolution. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy to be with you, Kelly. I know. I'm so excited in our, in our pre-screening interview, the energy was amazing. And I just can't wait to see how deep we go, how far we go today. It should be fun. So with that being said, why don't you just take us on the journey with you? You know, where did your journey begin and how did you get to where you are today? Well, okay. It began, well, obviously as all the journeys, it began forever. And I, I really don't believe in like coincidence or mistakes or anything. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, who we choose as parents and what lives we come into is for our soul agenda. Right. And so I, um, I started, I guess, the journey to become a health coach kind of when started, stuff started exploding with my really long relationship. My long relationship was like 10-ish years. And I thought that was, you know, the one it exploded, as we all know, for the better, right? In the heat of the moment, I even knew it was exploding for the better, but it felt like, you know, monkey butt. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I started to run marathons and just out of the blue, I mean, I had been running like, you know, three or four miles at a time. And I'd always been that girl who'd been interested in like whatever eating and figuring out the body. So I'd been through all the fat free in the eighties and all the carb free in the nineties and all the, you know, and not thriving on these, (laughs) but, you know, doing the things, having a bad body image, trying to exercise like a maniac to permit myself to eat, right? So then that got worse as stuff was exploding. And then I was like, I'm just gonna run marathons, right? Just out of the blue after only running. So I started to just marathon. (laughs) I mean, all in. As one does. (laughs) And I went to a therapist like at the last couple years of the relationship and she was phenomenally supportive for a couple of years I saw her. And the first, one of the first questions she asked me was like, what are you running away from? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean with like 30 miles at a time so um you know she got me thinking she had also I had also been reading of course everything's linked together all the mindset books it doesn't matter if it was like super new agey you know Louise Hay Wayne Dyer all these people that everybody loves or it was like that Nitan, I can't pronounce his not name, Tich Nat Han, the, the Buddhist beautiful monk who, uh, I just love him. And uh, like the Gnostic gospels or well, I just read everything. Yeah. I was like, okay, everybody's saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I went into her having like been in the middle of reading all this stuff and also seeing, I think I shared with you like a peak performance coach. Cause I thought it was just like, my performance in my other job. You know, I just yeah. thought it was, things were wrong with me. And she was like, oh, I've read all those books and this and that. So I worked with her through things, kept discovering, kept reading. After her, she sent me, forwarded me, 
<laughs> on to somebody. She's like, if you really want to start shifting and clearing out of this, I recommend you go see my friend who, you know, is an energy worker, energy healer. So I went to her. Awesome. Awesome. Cause she'd speak to like my guidance and put me on the table for cranial sacral and some singing bowls. And so everything started to open for me, including with my eating, including with softening on my uh, exercising eventually. Let's fast forward further. I met through her, the shaman I've been studying with for mm, 10 or 11 years. I have a session with yeah. her today. It's very regular every couple of weeks, which opened me even further. I can't say that it's been smooth. It, those, those sessions and those homeworks are both beautiful and brutal because you yeah. have to go through, right? The poop yeah. swamp to get through the poop swamp, right? Yep. So I have been nonstop doing that, which then opened me to, I certified as a personal trainer a long time ago and enjoyed that. And then I certified as a holistic integrative nutrition health coach, which I was like, wow, I didn't even know what health coaching was, looked it up. And I was like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> so now what I love to do is I love to help people clean up their eating and clean up their life, lower stress and come into their uh, alignment with their worth and purpose. Cause that's literally what I've done and what I'm doing every day. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And you know, it's interesting. This is like a pattern that keeps coming up in these conversations, which I'm now I'm sitting here listening to you going, I hear the pattern. I see the pattern. Like it's a, it's a point. There's a point here, you know, which I logically know. And then it's integration into my own life. But I think it, the more we hear it, the more it matters that our well being is not one thing. No, It's not your food. It's not your exercise. It's not your, um, mindset. It's not, it's not one thing. This self-discovery self-evolution is all of it integrated into alignment, which is why I love what you do because it's not one thing. And evidently in your life, you were like, I'm going to hyper-focus on this one thing. And then I'm going to hyper-focus on this one thing. And you had to find your way to create a whole system that supported who you desire to be in this world. And that's the work that you do. So I would love to hear, you know, for you, where, and the work that you do, where does that begin? What do you start with? Is it mindset? Is it food? Is it understanding where, you know, learning to understand where, the disconnects are for, for your clients and also for you in different seasons of life. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like when you're saying hyper-focus, 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 I had a discovery call with somebody yesterday and she's one of the people like all of us, right. She was like all or nothing. Like I just go it right. You get super yeah. hyper-focused. And like you're saying, it's all connected. It's yeah. all connected. So where do I start? I mean, we are all, I strongly believe, bio-individual people, right? Like mm -hmm. what I eat is not what your body needs, is not what her body needs, his body needs, right? And what you ate six years ago is not what you need now. You know, I mean, right. it's for us. So it's not going to be, you know, 
if a whole 30 or keto or you know whatever the trend like baby food diet that exists i guess i don't know why or at what, <laughs> right? I, don't I don't know but like you know it's not going to be that it might be sort of like a blend of whatever but you're not going to name it it's going to be what you thrive on so a lot of people will come to me wanting to just like i just want to lose weight mm-hmm. or i just want to know what to eat i'm trying all the things to be healthy a lot of people come in for that. So where do I start? I start by, it's sort of like a common conglomeration of like, it's all connected, but I start trying to soften the mindset, just like little teeny easy things, right? Soften mm-hmm. the mindset and maybe shift one or two super attainable things with food because it has to be, to make it sustainable, to make it guilt-free, to make it a lifestyle shift with the eating, with integrating the exercise, with integrating some internal piece, spiritual, you know, stuff, whatever that looks like. It could mm-hmm. look like you sit down and read a book for three minutes because you give yourself three minutes, you know? Yeah. But it's where I start is maybe softening an edgy mindset and shifting a couple things of eating. Cause it really, it's funny, but it opens up a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I think that's why I asked the question because, because so many of us are conditioned to believe that it's all or nothing. That is why there are so many women who struggle with disordered eating, who struggled with, who struggle with body dysmorphia, who struggle with these pieces of segregation from the wholeness. It's like, I can't have carbs. I can't have fat. I can't have this. And that is where we create the disordered eating patterns because then we binge out of, out of lack, out of scarcity. And then that translates to your mindset. When you believe that you're failing yourself, air quotations, right? You're triggering the self-sabotage patterns, but not, you know, it's not like, one little piece is missing. And so you're actually missing a nutritional piece. You're beating the hell out of yourself for not being perfect. And the ideal of perfect is the reason that I, I saw it after a health coach anyways, because my belief of perfection is how my body should look. It's like, it's so fucked. We curse here, by the way, it's, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts in my own world, right? This is, these have been patterns of, of my disordered eating patterns all my life. And also it drives me nuts. This like ideal of who we think we should be across the board. Where can we stop that and really just do what you do? And it's like, what subtle shifts are going to amplify what works for your body to, to operate optimally and what tiny shifts are going to make it clear what doesn't work, you know? Yeah. And I have like, a, I have a thousand ideas coming into my head that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> but like, so I'm just going to try to bookmark all of them. <laughs> but one thing that came in when you were saying that, like, you know, there's an ideal and what I should look like and what I, you know, the, all people are like, don't should all over yourself. Right. Yeah. Cause should the word should already like makes us have failed. Like yeah. there's something that was obligatory that you sucked at you didn't do it so you fail like I really should have had my car checked at 50,000 miles I really should have not eaten that donut I really should have taken you know but I heard a a podcast you know Sahara Rose that like big Ayurvedic she went to my health coaching school uh but she's not with me 
but it's, yeah. it's, but um she said something like we're all trying to do everybody else's choreography mm-hmm. we should be eating or should what your body should look like or you know and she's like these people are taken <laughs> yeah that's taken and you need to figure out what's yours and I loved how she phrased it that way because that's a good way to phrase it and it's hard it's hard for everybody it doesn't even matter if I'm like practicing it every moment of every day on myself and helping people make these transformations for themselves I I have these moments where I have to pull myself back in and it's more like finding the little ways to go and like so you I had a client who's like texted me and she's like Megan I'm face down with a spoon in a jar of Nutella. And I was like, okay. <laughs> in there. <laughs> we, we got this. And, and so the first thing to do is put down the jar of Nutella yep. and say, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not trying to sabotage and be evil. You like, it's okay. Have a glass of water. And then check with ourselves, particularly women, but men do this too. What do I need? Because you would say that to your kid, right? You mm-hmm. would say that to your best friend. You would say that to you know your neighbor even. What do I need? What do you need? And it could be that you actually need to properly eat. You might need to eat yep. real food. Uh, it could be that you need to go outdoors for five minutes, even if you know, don't have time. It could be that you need to go to a bathroom and cry and really just yeah. let it out and then you'll feel bad. You know, what do you need? Cause it might be food, but it probably isn't food. Not likely. And you know, here's the, here's the truth. I think in, in what you're saying is like, when we are a spoon deep in Nutella or ice cream, or we just ate three donuts or we yeah. ate a sleeve of cookies, that's a band-aid for a feeling we're trying to fill a void absolutely right there's a feeling there and we have learned in our life that coping with our feelings the way to suppress our feelings for so many of us is through a vice food alcohol sex whatever you name it drugs you name it (laughs) running right i'm gonna run a marathon today why because i have a feeling i don't want to feel yeah i don't want to feel that yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that was like for me and my own experience, and I can really only speak to my own experience or clients that I've had that resonate their mirrors is that usually is what it is, right? Okay. Habitual shit that you've created. And so you just do it out of habit, AKA nighttime snacking for so many of us. And I need to fill a feeling here. There's a, there's a feeling that I'm not ready to feel. I'm not ready to face. I don't know what to do with. And so I'm going to eat it quite literally. Yeah. I'm going to eat my feelings. And then you start feeling, I mean, then all the feelings, as you know, because the, the sugar, and even if you're having salty, crunchy, that oftentimes because of all the hidden chemicals and the hidden inflammatory ingredients translates into our brain also in flight or fight with cortisol, right? It chemically, scientifically, if you're cursing, fucks with our body. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it alters our state so that it becomes chicken and egg so that we go further back into it because we're in flight or fight. So then you go, you know, it, it's like, you know, cortisol begets sugar desire, begets cortisol, but you know, it, it's yeah. crazy. And, and one way that I have, found 
for me, I don't practice this that well. I have to keep coming back and using all my tools mm-hmm. on myself. We all do, right? I mean, that's why there's that trending thing out there, hurt people, hurt people, healed people, heal people, right? Like mm-hmm. you're healing yourself constantly. And I heard this guy who I love to follow. He's an, an intuitive astrologer named Christopher Wateki. I adore him. If you've ever, he's amazing. But he said, see if you can give yourself teeny, 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 weeny acts of self-love, like little things. Like I'm going to buy myself the best tasting toothpaste ever. I'm just going to keep searching until I love that. And every time you brush your teeth, you're like, "Mm, I love this toothpaste. Yeah. And you can also buy yourself just a ridiculously expensive, super nice pillowcase. You don't have to do anything crazy, but like, and every time you lay down in your bed, whether you're, you know, with someone you love, with someone you're transitioning away from, whether you're single, whether it doesn't even matter, you lie down, your head's on that pillowcase and you're like, I bought this pillowcase and this is a nice pillowcase, you know? And just little things, what's a little thing you can do to your, you can even think, okay, I'm going to have a glass of water right now because my body thinks I'm the desert because I haven't had any water, you know, but like those kind of things to shift. Cause you said it's, it's like habit, it's pattern. We go into whether it's the pattern of nighttime eating or it's the whatever. And it's things that can gently jolt us, like not a frying pan to the head, but like jolt us back into like, Oh, that's right. I love this toothpaste. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that so much that uh, that resonates so deeply that is how my journey of self-love. It was like every day I did tiny little things to show myself for me at the time, it was compassion and respect. Those were two things I had never given myself ever. And so it was like, how can I, how can I be respectful of myself today? How can I show myself compassion today? And it was tiny little things like, asking myself, what do I need? And f- the truth is for many, many years, the answer was, I don't know. I don't know. Oh I my God. I don't know what and I need. My therapist, the first time I went into her, she's like, why are you here? And I listed, you know, I'm not a good enough this. I'm not a good enough. this. And then she's like, well, what do you like? And I, I said, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know because I've never actually thought of that because I've spent the entirety of my life up until this very moment being what other people, what I thought other people wanted me to be in order to be enough. And they're taken. And, and <laughs> the, that shit's breaking down anyways. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Right? Exactly. It's like we do this to ourselves. And when we can, when we can separate and look at the situation as a whole, oftentimes we're like, this is literally insane. The patterns that I've, it's insane. Like I can see it clearly as I am not doing anything that serves what it is I actually want for my life. And I don't know what I actually want for my life because I've never asked myself that question. And the last time somebody asked me that I was 10 and they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) Not what you need. (laughs) No, I was like, for me, it was, it's ironic because our our child self, our inner child actually has always led us to where we are in our oh, agreed. It's 100%. so interesting. I always wanted to be a teacher. Nice. Always. And, you know, real life experience. We didn't have the money for university. I didn't have the, the grades for university. So I didn't do that. Right. And here I am now in my own mm-hmm. way, 
a teacher. Yeah. Right. It's so, it's so funny, but I, I literally look back on my life and you know, the only time anyone ever asked me, what do you need was usually in a screaming match of a fight. Like, what do you want from me? Right. (laughs) And it was like, I don't want this. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't want powerful because like when we don't want, and I, I even share this with my clients, when we know what we don't want, where we don't belong, that's more powerful than saying, I don't know mm-hmm. because where we don't belong. Cause it's like saying, because that's how you start hearing your intuition here. I know that word's throwing around, but like literally like hearing your inner guidance, hearing your higher self, whether it's you, your highest self, whether it's God, angels, universe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Cause if you, if you start saying like, you're going to say, I'm going to go out to Mexican tonight with my husband. Okay. But later on, he's like, you know what, Kelly, I don't really feel like Mexican tonight. Where do you want to, and you say, where do you want to go? I don't feel like Mexican. I don't really feel like Italian or anything super ethnic. You know, he doesn't know where he wants to eat, but what is that? Why, why doesn't he feel like Mexican tonight? Well, there's just something in him that just doesn't, and you can go that way with eating. You can go Mm -hmm. that way with job interviews. You can go that way with whatever, like, you know, like I just, this feels right. Or I don't belong feel, I don't know, but I don't want to feel like this is Mm -hmm. a beautiful start. And you said you just wanted, you know, compassion and respect. And you kept coming back to yourself. Like, how can I be more compassionate, more respectful to myself? And for me, like I was taught very clearly conditional love. Mm. Most of us, that is the fact. And I have always then for some reason loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I am so loyal. I am loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. I am loyal to where I stay in situations. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the situation or what the people are. I stay way beyond the expiration date. And I know, Yeah. but you know, but I am so unconditional because I have been trained conditionally. And so then it's also like, okay, we can't be like, I'm going to be compassionate or respectful to myself when I've finished this, I'm going to be compassionate, respectful to myself after I've exercised. I'm uh-huh. going to be, we can't do that because then that furthest, like for me, I, I agree. It's self-compassion, it's self-respect, it's self-belief in all capital letters. Yep. <laughs> it's all these things. And for me, the biggest thing that I, I will probably always swim through is to not put conditions on myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful because you're absolutely right. And, and we do that as parents, and I'm speaking to the parents listening, we conditional love is, is responsive. It it happens in response. Right. And so you, you said you are unconditionally loyal as am I to a fault for that same reason. It was like, mm-hmm. I had to earn it. And I never want the people that I love to, to feel like they earn it. They have to earn it. And also sometimes in that unconditional past, it's expiry date. I'm no longer showing myself respect and compassion. It's gone. And so that now, as I navigate parenthood on my own, it's funny that you brought this up because the truth is I am the most compassionate and the most loving when my children are the most difficult. Yeah. Because I want them to know that it's 
I I'm not only proud of them when they do well, and I'm not only excited to be with them when they do well. I am also fully present for you when life is hard. Yeah. Even if it makes me icky on the inside, right? Even if you did something that I don't agree with, even if you responded to the world in a way that I think was disrespectful, you have my love and support as we navigate that together. Let's figure out how to rectify this. And I still love you. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, my, my, my daughter comes up in probably every episode because she's the greatest learning tool for me. I think she has severe anxiety and ADD. And when she feels backed into a corner, it's like, she's explosive to, and it's like, I got, I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. And so all I know how to do is just like fight the world. I'm going to, I'm going to fight the world. And it's really difficult to help her navigate that when the world doesn't respond in a way that allows her to just navigate. And so in our home, you know, as she gets older and now she's prepubescent and kind of a disaster just on a regular basis, if you look at her, if I I look at her wrong, it's a problem. We've started implementing uh, this rule that time by ourselves is not a punishment. Time by ourselves is important. And if we cannot communicate to one another in a way that is loving and respectful, we have to, we have to wait right? Because I want to be able to respond to her in a way that doesn't feel conditional. And she needs to learn how to navigate her emotions safely and without judgment, self-judgment. Yeah. And then also let's communicate lovingly and respectfully, which ironically is how my journey began with myself. Cause I didn't yeah. love respect or treat myself well in any way. And that's what you're saying. You still navigate that journey of <laughs> Am I putting conditions on my self-love? Am I, am I judging myself because I created this imaginary line that I cannot misstep from one way or the other? Right. Well, because we do that. Oh, we do that all the time. And and it's all day long, even with like little nano things, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it's painful and it's, uh, self, what do you call it? Um, not flogging, but it's, it's always, you're always punishing yourself. Mm-hmm. You were talking about responding, like, re, like don't respond until you're in a space where it can be respectful. Right. A client came to me to navigate through, um, even differently than eating. She wanted to go into mindfulness, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of breath work so that she could handle moving her parents, who are 83 and okay, but you know, from Minnesota to where she lives, she's building a tiny house in her backyard for them, but there's a lot of like stuff and she finds herself reacting and this, you know, reacting. Mm-hmm. And she wants to not be reactive, not be reactive. And, and, and mm-hmm. the ways to practice responding on purpose, like to get into a space you know, where you're practicing with your daughter, the most compassion and your children, most compassion and most respect when they're feeling the most crappy, but we need to practice on ourselves too. And finding a space of saying, okay, so is this mine? This is not mine. Yeah. Especially as a mom, many moms are already on their own intuitive, but then your, your like mom spidey senses kick in and you can basically read your children like books and 
being able to read them like books is a superpower, but, <laughs> but being able to say, this is not mine and be able to respond on purpose from mm-hmm. yourself to help them learn how to respond on purpose. I mean, this is, you know, my client who's 50 trying to respond on parent on purpose to her parents who are 83, but to teach your, you know, hormonal prepubescent daughter <laughs> that now that's a, that's epic. Well, and you know, it, it actually came from, I can't do this anymore because she triggers me. She's my mirror, my greatest teacher and she's explosive. And the old me was very explosive. So it's like, we're having screaming matches between me and a 10 year old. And I'm like in tears, she's in tears. My husband's like, make it stop. (laughs) My son is crying, right? Like it becomes this like Crazy. crazy. And my upbringing was highly tumultuous in that way. And so it also triggers my inner child. Like I will not live like this. I need to run away. That was my response. Run away, run away. But I'm a grown ass woman who's done a lot of work. So I get to choose again. And for her, I know what happens when you, when we respond that way out of fear, out of lack of control out of, I don't feel seen. And the way the world responds just reiterates that you're out of control and not welcome here. It's a complete Xerox machine. The universe is a Xerox machine. So if we can pull inside, if we can pull in, and I always go to my hip joints, like literally pull out of our head, pull your whole mind, body, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, or body back into your hips, into your knees, into your feet and respond on purpose from that point. Yeah. Your inner child is not being 10 year old Kelly. Yep. And then, then it will diffuse your little bomb daughter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. who's like, Zzz. it'll yeah. diffuse her sooner than later and everything else will respond. Yeah. And, you know, communication is something I think was lacking for me for a really long time. Effective communication, the ability to know what I wanted, communicate in a respectful way, what I needed, um, be able to receive communication without self-judgment. Like this is about me, not about them. And in my home, we have two explosive immediate responses. So that's me and my daughter. She is that we are our immediate response is kaboom. And my husband and my son, their immediate responses to shrink. So think about if we're not intentional, everybody's hurting. Nobody feels seen in that. And we get to decide as an adult, I get to decide how I want to treat the people I love with love. How do I do that? That starts with me. And that's what we're talking about. How do I treat myself? Love and compassion was so important because that wasn't what I had. That wasn't how the world responded to me. I was never shown how to say what I felt and have it not be become turn around and attacked me because I didn't do what someone else wanted. So I stopped saying what I needed. I stopped knowing what I needed. And now I'm looking at this tiny human and I'm thinking, I don't want that for her. And then I'm looking at my, my husband who does, who needs a minute. He cannot respond to that in any way. And how do I allow him to be seen, my son to be seen, my daughter to be seen, myself to be seen in that craziness? But that was a learning opportunity for me 
to give that to me first. And that really is this conversation. How do we give to ourselves first what it is that we need so that we get to be this immediate thing that I want to do? Am I reacting or am I responding? Does the version of myself that I want to be in this world, that I want to be for myself, that I want to be for the people that I love, is she going to freak out or is she going to take a deep breath and say, right now, I am not in a good space to have this conversation. This is about me being able to process my thoughts and come back and have a conversation. Yeah. And if the world responds with, I need an answer right now. Oh, well, I can't give you that because right now I need to give myself permission to feel. Yeah. And the answer coming. Yeah. And by modeling that, I'm changing the way my children are going to communicate. I'm changing the way my mother and I communicate, which was a huge byproduct of my growth. And that's what your client is seeking. I need to change the communication pattern here because it stresses me. It dysregulates my nervous system. I feel triggered as a child. I don't feel seen. I don't feel important. My feelings are invalidated. All of the things that 10-year-old her is like, I'm so afraid is going to live in my backyard all day, every day. Exactly. And then we can come full circle. And that often puts her, us, you, me, many people into then filling that void with food yeah, or filling that void with, with garbage snacks. And, and as we both know, if we then choose the most beautiful, clean, real whole foods, 80% of the time, our responses will also be more in our control mm-hmm. because our, we are helping our body self-regulate so that we're not completely with cortisol. We've got more pleasure hormones, more dopamine, more because our gut is clean, right? And yeah. being a total nerd, 90% of the happy hormone, the dopamine is made in the gut, right? So if our gut is a train wreck, we're going to be a bomb. We're going to be a ticking time bomb and we're not going to yeah. be able to even say, even if we want to. I just need a minute because you might be able to, but you're not even going to be able to calm down really as well if your body is full of garbage. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, it's all connected because if we say, okay, what I need is to go outside and diffuse and come back and have a conversation Mm -hmm. instead of a boxing match while the two people are shrinking and two people are exploding. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's so connected. It's so connected. It's so connected. Mm -hmm. And I use my family because it's like a really clear black and white example of like dysfunction when we react, but this translates to how we treat ourselves, how we run away, how we, um, you know, fill voids with other people, right? For years when I was single, that was uncomfortable. I filled voids with people. I filled voids with alcohol. I filled voids with food. I filled all the voids because I didn't trust me. But through that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be conscious about what I choose to put in my body. I'm going to be conscious about how I want to show up in the world. I'm going to be conscious about the care and love I give to myself. Those tiny little shifts, the toothpaste, the pillowcase, the, you know, removing processed foods, the, I'm going to listen to what my gut 
literally and and figuratively yeah. responds to food that I put into it. I'm going to pay attention. What makes me feel energized? What makes me feel like I need a post-lunch nap, right? right. I'm going to pay attention to those things because I desire a different way. Those tiny little shifts over time amount to really, really big transformation. Huge. The whole life can change. And it has. It has it for you. Has. has for me. Has exactly. for, you know, our clients. Our clients. Yeah. And, and it's, I think that's the power of these conversations really is like, you can hear this 5,000 times and then you hear it and you're like, oh, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I don't have to wake up today and decide I'm going to stop talking to myself like shit. I'm going to stop treating myself like shit. I'm going to stop letting my environment be out of control. I'm going to stop letting people treat me badly. I'm going to stop. 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 I'm going to stop everything. And I'm going to be a different woman today. Right. Number one. And last for about one week. (laughs) If that. Because it's so overwhelming. And then you're just like, I'm fucking up everywhere. Why do I even bother? I am not enough. I am not worthy. I'm exactly let all that shit come back. But if we just decided today, today's the day that when I hear that little voice say, You're you're screwing this up, I reframe. And then once I've done that every day for a few days and I feel confident that I can hear the voice, I'm going to say, no, you're not screwing up. Let's try a different way. You're capable of doing this differently. You're like, okay, okay, okay. I feel, I feel good there. Now I'm going to try to put my laundry away that hasn't been put away in a month. But right. Because now laundry grows. Yeah. Right. It's like that little thing, (laughs) um, you know, which I could go on a giant tangent about. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will for a second. I have, the, I like, we're living in this like pandemic life where we're trying to normalize that letting things be in order to survive is okay. And I agree with that, but we're also right. going so far to the other side where people are showing their houses in complete and utter disarray and being like, it's cool if your house looks like that. I, dis- internal. I disagree for that exact reason. It's like, I get that some seasons shit hits the fan. I, when I said laundry, I looked past my camera. Why? Cause I'm looking at laundry that hasn't of been course, put away because I'm human. But I also know that when I take a deep breath and 30 minutes of my life and I put the things away, you know what happens? Yeah. I can lower my shoulders, take a deep breath get a clear mind and come at my life in a different perspective. There's a reason those people are out there. Marie, I can't remember her name. Last Marie name. Kondo. Mm-hmm. And then um, Denise Duffield Thomas. Yeah. Who I read her book. She's a total badass. She's a total, but ba- do you use her app? I have heard the, the, the B lucky the, bitch app. Yeah, I have the, Oh the my app. God. It's the best. I love it's the best. It. Um, Cause it's in there. It's on my front screen. Yeah. Um, the little cute B, but her first thing in all of the, in all of the manifestation things is declutter. Yeah. And we have to, and it's, it's even what we do with our bodies when we're trying to start cleaning up our eating. I mean, the first step to maybe decluttering your eating is having one glass of water. Very first thing you put in your body in the morning, like you Mm -hmm. get up and you might push start on your coffee, whatever you're doing, just make sure you drink water. You might say, okay, um, between podcast recordings, I'm going to fold the laundry will take me seven minutes. I'm not going to put it away. Okay. 
Okay. Step one. Yep. You know, (laughs) and then every time I leave my office, I'm going to take one pile of clothes and stick it somewhere. (laughs) That can be step (laughs) 1.3. And it's a hundred percent more than you did if you left that pile there. Like it can be, like you said, it can be just the most tiny things. If you do, if you do one thing, like I'm just going to fold three things, that's still hundred percent more than having not folded any. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, we are, we are a society in the hustle mentality. We are, we run ourselves ragged. We're always on the go. We're doing things. Our kids are going here. Our kids are going there. We get overwhelmed and we shut down because we are one human being who has incredibly high expectations of self that everything should be done right and perfect the first time on time and right now. And then we get overwhelmed and stressed out and we completely shut down and nothing happens. And that creates a ticking time bomb in terms of reactiveness, in terms of self-sabotage, self-deprecation, self-hatred, self-loathing, conditional love, conditional (laughs) love. And we, that those it's those tiny shifts in our life that really break those patterns of dysfunction within the self, because when we really break it down, there are parts of us, the conditional love pieces, the high expectations that maybe were passed down from somebody who raised us, but 90% of the shit that we carry we've put on ourselves when we can really start to bring it down and settle. First of all, the nervous system, this is like an unspoken piece. We're not talking about this, but the elevated levels of stress for an elongated amount of time, we are dysregulated in our nervous systems all the fucking time. And that's why you hear women say things are good. And I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Things are calm. And I know the tornado's coming. I don't know how to manage when shit's okay, because my nervous system doesn't know how to calm constantly in flight or fight. Yeah. Yep. And by breath work and stuff, even if you just do standing in line at the grocery store, just breathe, just breathe into your feet. Mm Mm-hmm. It's quick because, yeah, I mean, waiting for the other shoe to drop because they just don't know how to let it be okay. And we're supposed to be okay. We are supposed supposed to be be, right. We are supposed to. Which is crazy because when you're talking about, you know, everything going on, it's such a hustle culture and, you know, get it done now and get it done, everything. It's, It's interesting because I've, I've said this before because I mean, again, you know, it's like, it's always a reflection of you. Your clients are a reflection of you. Your daughter's a reflection of you. You and I are reflections of each other, even though we've Mm -hmm. had completely different lives, very clear reflections and overwhelmment, feeling overwhelmed is a habit. Absolutely. It's a habit. And we all get into it when you're like, Oh my God, how, how, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, and, and that can be constant. It can be mm-hmm. constant, but at the same time, there's like, even something, it was my shaman taught me a long time ago and I have to remember to go into it, but it is, I love myself enough to have all the time and space I need to get everything done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be a mantra you say over and over again, 10 times while you walk through the house and calm the 
shit damn but like it's it's okay you know because pulling ourselves out of that overwhelmment is like trying to take ourselves you know in my head I've got those you know the spinning teacups at Disney yeah (laughs) you're like reaching in with like a claw to like grab yourself and pull yourself out of a teacup (laughs) you know it's it's an active self-care to try to reach in and take yourself out of the teacup yeah and it's you know it's interesting because a lot of this that we do to ourselves is due to an internal lack of safety. Yeah. The yeah. control. I'm going to control our schedule. I'm going to control the, fill the voids with shit to do. I'm going to control my environment. I'm going to control this. I'm going to control that because I don't feel safe to just be me. Yeah. And we become um, human doings unconditionally unconditionally but then you say who am i who Mm -hmm. do i be because we're supposed to be human beings we're supposed to be being yes we're not supposed to be doing and i am wired to be a very well-oiled human doing yeah same (laughs) you know i mean but we're not and so when i find myself or my clients will just there's one that comes right into my mind, come into a session and then tick, 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 you know, like all the, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's fine. I mean, those are, we are important on this planet to be like that, but it's also really, really, really important for us to shift more and more as much as possible into being, into mm-hmm. unconditionally being. And if you are unconditionally just a little out there, that's good. Just be out yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, I look at a lot of the world and I think, when was the last time you just like were right without trying to meet an expectation, without trying to hold a conversation, without trying to finish a task, without trying to be the best, the prettiest, the smartest, the fastest, the, this, the, when was the last time you just were? And for so many women, the answer is never, never, never. Cause even when they're little, they're trying to, to please people mm-hmm. or do it right. Or do it right. Or be the good girl. Mm-hmm. That was me. Yeah. Right? It's like, and then there was, I mean, if it was conditional, there was no hope. There was no hope. Right. Because, and you know, the, the conditions placed on us by our parents, that was how they loved us, right? Mm-hmm. It was never from a place of like, I'm going to belittle you so that you feel like shit about yourself for all of your life until you have this moment where you can't do this anymore. And so you're going to go through the hell to get to the other side. Yeah, It was never intentional. Yeah. And it's all part of who we were really destined to be. It's all the evolution of self to get to this place where we get to really see ourselves in our truth and, and take ownership over who we desire to be and how we desire to show up for ourselves and for the world. And in turn, the work that we do in service. Um, but as a little human, it's like this, this like string, there's that fine line, right? If I, if yeah. I'm walking my tightrope, do, 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 do. And I fall a little to the left. I failed. Do, 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 do. I fall a little to the right. I'm too much. Do, 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 do. I failed. I'm too much. I failed. I'm not enough. I failed. I failed. It is an, 
it is impossible to measure up to a tight wire. Yeah. It was impossible when you were eight. It was impossible when you were 18. It was impossible today. It's impossible because there is no invisible line in the sand over whether you're good enough and then you're not. You succeed and then you fail. And there's like no gray area because that's not life. No, it's not life. And it's not, no part of life reflects that is us. Yeah. It's that internal belief that we should be a certain way in order to measure up to a certain expectation. And when we can really start to see clearly that they're self-imposed, we get to like literally say, that's just not mine. I'm out. I'm going to take that one off. I'm going to take that one off. Exactly. Well, and then also if we're going to play like sort of more further with the woo woo, when we're doing stuff, and we're creating stuff. It could be a new job we want. It could be a relationship we want. It could be the weight we're, we're wanting. It could be whatever. You know, it's when a woman is pregnant, we see she gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We see it. But like, you know, when, when a tree is growing, <laughs> like people don't dig up the acorn. Yeah. You know, people will say, don't open the oven, right? Because the cake will fall. Don't open the oven because the cake will fall. Like it's, it's, it's shifting into knowing that we are doing enough because we don't have 48 hours in the day. We're actually supposed to feel good and enjoy life. And if we're not feeling good and not enjoying life, and then we throw ourselves in bed and then get up and do, <laughs> and then we throw ourselves in bed and get up and do, I mean, it's like, we're constantly digging up that acorn mm-hmm. and the acorn doesn't have time to like get the little sprouties and then come above the ground. And yeah, you know, it, it is trying to happen. Things are trying to happen. Your weight is trying to shift. But if you go into the all or nothing, like I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to rid myself of toxic people. What did you say? Fold on my laundry, quit my job, <laughs> change my eating, run 15 miles this week when I've never run in my life. You know, you do all of that. I mean, there's uh, poor acorns. Like, I know. There's no, there's there's no, no space. The acorn. There's no space. Yeah. I don't know. Like I always picture those, you know, those avocados that people like do as a kid to try to make them sprout in the glasses. You take yeah. the avocado seed and the, there we can see it. That's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. we just have to, speaking to myself too, but like, we just have to trust that. Yep. Your harvest it. season is coming. Harvest season's coming. You're doing enough and it's okay. And if you take a look in the mirror and you say, I'm really not doing the things that bring me joy. So I don't feel fulfilled. It's not about like you're a shit person because you're not doing that. It's like, okay, I recognize maybe I do need to drink some water because I need to sprout my seed. And also I also recognize, you know, I need to create space to be with myself. I need to create space to move my body. I need to, because that is what feels like joy and self love. Yeah. So if you look in the mirror and you're like, I am not doing enough to make me feel good for me. Yep. That's okay. Find, find ways to do it. And if you find one way like you said, I need to create space. Okay. Well, if you found literally three minutes to step outside mm-hmm. and you give yourself, you can set a alarm on your watch and give yourself those three minutes that will lead to the next one. Okay. Well, every time I give myself those three minutes to step outside, I will have a glass of water. Mm-hmm. 
that's two things at once. And it might've taken three minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you feel like you want to do all the things and it's all or nothing, all or nothing, and you're in the nothing portion, that's okay. Yeah. Don't go back into the all it's not working. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, this is about really learning to listen to yourself and what it is that you need. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I talked about how I used to fill all the voids and over my, if you had asked anyone who knew me 10 years ago, if I was an introvert or an extrovert, they would have said an extrovert, right? I can be super loud, right. super like outgoing, really social. And when I really got quiet and learned who I am, and learned what it is that I desired. The truth was that that was a mask for not having to listen to what was happening on the inside. I am a true introvert. I need, I love to be around people and I need time with myself to recharge. And so now it's like, what does Kelly need? Well, Kelly needs time by herself. Yeah. That's what I need. Whether that looks like I'm going to curl up in my bed in the middle of the afternoon and watch one of my favorite movies, or it means I'm going to go take a hike, take my dog on a hike by myself without my partner, without my kids. I got to get quiet. And whether I'm hard for so many moms or women, doesn't matter if they're mothers or not. Absolutely. Yep. And that's why I said partner specifically, not kids, because, you know, a lot of the time it's like, I only have realistically three hours a day to intentionally give to my children before they go to bed. And then I only have two hours a day to intentionally give to my husband. So I have to give them my energy and my time because those relationships are important to me. And then you realize it's been six months since you spent an afternoon by yourself. Because I'll tell you right now, getting groceries by yourself once a week for an hour doing the things is not the same. It's not the same as spending 20 minutes with your dog alone. Alone. Even if you just walk outside 10 minutes away from your house (laughs) and 10 minutes back to your house alone Mm -hmm. with or without the dog, it's, it's still, yeah, yeah. And the truth is when you start to say, this is what I desire for myself. I desire to go to hot yoga two evenings a week. I I desire, or once a week. And I want to take the dog for the evening stroll around the neighborhood by myself three days a week. And on the other days, I want you, my partner to create space for yourself. And then after that hour, we come back intentionally for an hour to an hour and a half before we end our day together intentionally while we both still feel fulfilled within ourselves. Yeah. It's like a magic. What would happen if we were intentional about our time? That sounds like a beautiful puzzle, you know, like one piece at a time. It sounds like it's a really nice, sounds really nice, nicely balanced. And that's the thing we just want to feel we're in the season of Libra. Yeah. (laughs) which is the scales, right? And it's finding our balance and all of our balance is different. And a lot of people feel like I'm an extrovert also, but I am not at all. And I was raised by two very extroverted forces of nature. Like I don't have one acquiescing parent. (laughs) I have like a a force of nature father and a force of nature mother. And my brother is very social too. And, And so I can go out and 
be that, but man, it drains me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It drains me. And if I'm too much like that, I get emotional and I can't actually respond how I want to. Right. So that was the learning tool for me. And, you know, when we talk about my business, my business is like the greatest joy. Okay. I adore it. And if I'm too heavy in it for too long, I energetically drain and not because I'm not happy and not because I'm not joyful and not because I don't love the work that I love, but it's about the giving energy. The more I give, the more I give, the more I give, the more I give, because it's not just one thing, right? I get up, I give to my kids. So they're fed and clothed and clean and gone. And then I give to my business and I give to my clients yeah. because I love it. And it brings me yeah. joy. And then I give to my kids again. And then I give to my husband and then I give to the dog and then right. I give to the laundry and, and then, then I give to the, the dish. Yeah, and then crazy. I'm like, here I am at nine 30, like peace out. I'm going to bed because there's literally this much energy left. None zilch. Mm-hmm. But when I can communicate that, this goes back to effective communication yeah, and, say, absolutely. and say to my partner, who, by the way, is an extrovert. So he needs okay. energy. He needs, yeah. So I, yeah. I'm like, you're a life sucker for me, man. I love you to death for your life sucker. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes he is yeah. right. He yeah. gets fully filled from our energy. And so when I say to him, like, what do you need? He's like, I need us to go on a date. I need us to spend some time together. Right. And my inside is like, I need us to spend some time apart. Yeah. Right. And I love you. Right. Yeah. But it gets to be okay when we're able to say, here's what I can, here's where I can go. This is my, this is what I need. I'm going to go to yoga on Wednesday night. Cause we have gymnastics with the kids on Tuesday and we have this thing on Thursday. I'm going to go to yoga on Wednesday night. And then when I've had time to like be Zen with myself and fill the cup and create space, then on Friday, why don't you plan a date night and we will go and be together. Yeah. And but give him my, a it feels good. Right. And it's like, I will, I understand your need for our energy right. to make you feel whole. And mm-hmm. I'm asking you to understand that for me to feel whole, my energy needs to be with me and, and none of it's wrong and no. all of it's okay. No, it's but, perfect. Yeah. But that, that puzzle piece is years in the making, right? It's oh. years of self-knowing yeah. and understanding because just like you said, then I get overwhelmed and depleted and I'm reacting. Yeah. And you can't find there's, it's, it's hard to even see what do they say? The trees through the forest yep. when you're trying to then respond from a place, but you're just, you know, in the forest because you're just yep. crazy and you're imbalanced and you can be imbalanced, perpetuated by the food you're eating. And then even like you need to, when you go into that little time you're carving out for yourself before you come together and hang out, it's also important to play with what brings you back to center? Mm. You know, does curling up with your favorite movie bring you back to center? For some, for some that, that's just still information, right? Because um, I have another uh, client who, who has a challenge with always wanting to fill the space. So yeah. even if she's taking a walk or gardening, there's an audio book playing. Uh-huh. So, you know, for, for some people, because you're giving, 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 for you curling up, zoning out, going into some other land with a movie feels very 
centering. Yep. And for this client, it's it's important for her to have just literally nothing. mindful couple minutes of nothing. So I try to have her pay attention to like the silence when she's in the shower. Cause you know, you can't bring electronics in the shower. So that's a yep. good time to practice, you know. Yeah. But if you feel if there are people that feel like they're always filling with things. It's also important to notice if you're in the shower or sometime where you literally can't bring electronics, notice what it sounds like when you're quiet Mm -hmm. and then pull to that center so that when you come back with your partner and hang out for an hour, you actually are full. Yeah. And the back of your mind isn't going, I don't want to be here. Right. Because like also let's be in the book. Yeah. Let's humanize that sometimes we just don't want to. <laughs> and okay. we and that's okay. But when we give to us first, when we decide or figure out what it is that creates that center, creates that alliance uh, alignment, brings us back to this place of like I filled my energy back up in a way that serves me, then then it's a different kind of experience when you're with people and we're saying partner just for sake of argument, but this can also be, you know, back to your clients, back to your friendships, back to, you know, Sunday dinners with your family. It's like whatever physical reality that you need to reenter. Right. And, you know, but it's about center and, and, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And so to like bring this whole conversation back around, it's when you are quiet, what are you hearing? Are you hearing? I'm hungry. My energy levels are low. I'm thirsty. I'm exhausted. I'm not sleeping well. I'm anxious. What are you hearing? And how can you then take one mini baby step towards Okay, well, what if I fuel my try to fuel my body more consistently tomorrow? Because I realized that I was going six hours between meals and I'm starving and depleted, and then I'm eating whatever I can find. And now my energy is not filling up again. Now I need a nap, right? When we're intentional, we're like, oh, shoot, we haven't had more than a glass of water a day for weeks. Maybe that's why I feel so energetically low because I literally, like you said, am the desert. Yeah. (laughs) My body is the desert. Yeah. And and our feelings, like when you're saying like, listen, what do you hear? Our feelings. um, Have you read Abraham Hicks? Yes. She says, they say, you know, your feelings are your GPS system. Mm -hmm. And, and if you're feeling really good, literally, I mean, it is that simple. If you're feeling really good, you're on the right track. If you're not feeling so good, that's the like recalculating or whatever, you know, whatever the GPS says. And, and our mind is a very important tool. It's an important tool, but like you say, you know, I move my hand, I am moving my hand. You, I am moving my hand. My mind isn't moving my hand. Right. So I am thinking, yeah, you know, I am not my thoughts. So if we can pull out of our head Christopher Wataki also says the mind is the dumbass and the ego is the, no, the mind is the smart ass and the ego is the dumbass Cause the, yeah. the ego is the one who's like tiger run, you know, yeah. the flight or fight, which we don't need in our like first world homes. Right. Yeah. And then the mind being, you know, the smart ass always saying what you should do. 
or keep right. doing, or why haven't you folded laundry and you've been eating like a you know garbage can or whatever. So if you pull in and listen, and what do you hear? I love you. What you said that like listen to what you hear because your feelings, our feelings, are the most important things. And you can be like, I'm really freaking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. So what do you want? What do you need? What do you need? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's funny. It's, I, I uh, heard this, it's right in front of me. So I'm going to say it because it's totally relevant. Yeah. Um, I heard a quote that said, your head is heartless. Yeah, yes, it is. And it's so true. It's like, yeah. it doesn't give a shit how you feel. It's no, just it's- going to tell you what you should do, what you're not doing, what you're not enough of, what right. you need to build. <laughs> yeah, right? Like yeah. do the damn thing, but what do you feel and how- do you feel and what do you need? You know, it's like, that's how we learn. It's like conversations with my partner are really funny. So he'll just look at me and he'll go, honey, I don't think I've had a vegetable in five days. I think, I think I need a freaking vegetable, (laughs) but that's his energy depleted. He's like, I think we need salad. Like, let's make a salad. I need some sort of vegetable in my system. And that's a beautifully aware you know, man or woman, but yeah. man to say, I sense that like, <laughs> I feel like a crazy person because I haven't had a vegetable. He's like, it's like, I've been running on energy drinks and chips. Cause that's what he'll do when he's in like self-sabotage mode. It's like, let me just fill it. Right. There's a, there's yeah. a feeling I'm not ready to feel whether it's overwhelm at work, whether it's, we're really busy and the calendar's busy and he doesn't have space to be, I'm going to fill it with the craziest shit I can find. That's going to immediately fill the, the void for me. And right. then five days later, I'm going to go, I need some broccoli. <laughs> right. Well, Which, and then also the body sends its bill. Yeah. So if we run on chips and Red Bull, like actually don't drink that shit. Like chips and Red Bull, her body sent her the bill with two strong, big old kidney stones. Yeah. That she then had the birth, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. And then you need some broccoli. (laughs) I'm going to eat some broccoli. And I always think it's so funny because he, when he says it, I laugh and I'm like, you know, we have vegetables with every dinner. Like they're there. Yeah, yeah. But you're saying I need something other than one vegetable at dinner to go with our meal. It's so funny, but he's usually very right. You know, in this season of my business with I'm uh, batch recording episodes, there are many days that I'm like, I don't think I've eaten yet. And I'm so depleted. I'm so exhausted. I'm living on coffee. Right. And then at two o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to eat whatever I can find. And I feel like shit. Yeah, then because then your energy tanks further. Yeah. The spike tank. Well, and then then, you know, what would you say to your clients? You'd say, okay, what are two things that can come to the top of your mind that would be zero maintenance and super easy to bring and have at your desk? Well, I mean, here's what I do. I usually, after grocery shopping every week, will like cut and wash all our fruit so it's readily available for my kids. How about I just have that here? Or we have really clean protein bars always in the fr- always in the cupboard. I never remember they're there. Cause you do for the kids. Duh. 
And you can also say, okay, you know, raw pumpkin, you know how Trader Joe's has like all the beautiful raw nuts and seeds? Yeah. You could just have a Kelly bag of right. raw pumpkin seeds that sits right there too, you know? And it's, it's because, I mean, whether it's just you and a partner, whether it's you and a gaggle of children and a partner, whether it's just you alone, yeah. you can drive yourself like a spinning top and not pay attention to yourself either. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about well, us I, as women, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, it's you, it's, it's us as women. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're alone or if you're the shepherd of eight people. Correct. You know, what would you give to them? How would you take care of another? Would well, you be like, eh, <laughs> I'll feed you in eight hours. Or maybe I'll just forget to feed you and then be like, oh shit, I didn't feed you. Right? <laughs> we like it's such a profound moment when you can realize how much effort and time and thought and care you put into your animals, your plants, your partners, your kids, your coworkers. Like I literally have worked with women who make sure that the snack drawer at the office is full <laughs> for the coworkers. Right. And I'm like did you eat lunch? Did you, or I'm like, <laughs> did you give yourself that much thought? Did you give your right. needs that mm-hmm. much thought? No, because we're conditioned to believe the more we do, the more we are. The more we yeah, give, the more we, we are. Well, and that's the thing. Do you know human design? I feel like you and I would I do. Like 30 hours. Okay. So I'm a manifesting generator. What are you? Same. Okay. When I learned that, so I don't really know much about it and I really love it. And I hope to learn more. And I know that actually I've learned that you can get a human design reading yeah. from a human design human. Chart. Yeah. <laughs> so like I've gotten my chart done. I know what I am, but I want to like learn more about like yeah. all the things, but our method or, you know, our way of being is supposedly responding. Of course. We respond to the world. We respond to the pull. And so what's your authority? Emotional or sacral? Sacral. Okay. So you and me specifically, we respond to that gut reaction of life. Yep. Yep. And we respond by give, 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 give. But what we're actually supposed to do also in a balanced manner is receive and respond. What you know, we're talking about, like responding to people on purpose and having a conversation. And I was, it's so funny because I was like, you know, I am responding. I'm always responding, but I'm always responding, you know, externally. I, how can I fix you? How can I help you? How can I, what can I give you? What can I bring you super, you know, divine feminine maternal, but divine feminine maternal is also the receptive. It's the yin and the yang, right? The yin yoga versus the yang. It's so much balance. If people who are listening to your podcast have not done their human design, super easy. Just like plug it in somewhere. Yeah. Jovianchart.com. Yeah. Birthday, birth time. It's not like you have to fill out questions. It's fascinating to learn about. It's, okay. So a couple of things. One, the divine feminine maternal this blew my damn mind. The divine feminine is not maternal. Maternal is masculine energy. Mothering is masculine energy because you're fucking keeping people alive. You give it all to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. 
while you grow them, you're giving them your nutrients, you're giving them your body while you raise them, you're giving, giving, giving It is not a feminine energy, but receiving is a, is like a whole different level of self-awareness and openness that we as women really need to embody a little bit more. And I teach this so in depth, it's such a profound part of who we are as women and it's powerful. So that's first thing blew my fucking mind when I was like, yeah. being a mom is not being well, and the hustle culture mm-hmm. doesn't support the divine feminine, like softening, not even a little bit, not even a little bit. And then human design. So I am like wildly obsessed with human design. Cool. I almost very impulsively purchased a certification course, but then I had to go, Kelly, you have 7,000 things already. Right? Now is not the time, but I'm couple like, years, couple of years. Yeah. Did you know that certain types of, of energies or who we are, we're manifesting generators, um, have different caloric needs. Oh, I'm sure. And it all ties in even with like Ayurveda and it yeah. all ties in with like, uh, body type diet needs. It's yep. So I just read the other day that the, I call it like lit up like a Christmas tree. If you have a lot of defined authorities or defined um, centers, rather your body is constantly generating energy. And this is very, very true for manifesting generators and generators. We actually need to consume more calories throughout the day because we are constantly so much food, (laughs) right? We're constantly like this, like do, 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 do machine of energy. And then other authorities like reflectors and projectors are, they tend to be like, they tend to operate slower. So they don't need less. This is not about like eat more, eat less. It's about understanding the way your body burns fuel. And so for them, it's like, like small meals throughout the day to consistently fuel the energy. Manifesting generators is like fucking eat all the time. Yep. Caloric density, caloric density, caloric density. Yeah. But I found it fascinating. I was like mind blown. And then I relate it back to myself because human design is incredible that way to go, okay, how does this relate to how I operate? And I know for sure. Yeah. And as you said, you eat nonstop. It's like when I am consistently having Kelly snacks here that I'm able to consume in a really good way, my energy is sustainable all day long. Yeah all day long when I'm, when I'm making sure that I'm intentional about creating space to have, I don't know, nutrients, you know, I'm apple, (laughs) (laughs) things we don't do as women is make sure we eat too. Um, and knowing that like, literally this is in relation to the way our body is designed is to function at its highest, most. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love Again, like we even started this conversation, it's all connected. It's all connected. So mm-hmm. you probably do your best podcast. You're the most productive. You give the, you know, best recommendations to your clients. You're the best mommy on the planet earth and fur baby mama when you have been eating all day long. It's interesting because <laughs> duh, like when we really think about it, we're like, huh? So mm-hmm. I need food and water <laughs> to be huh. an alive human being. Well, there was somebody I heard a lecture. Oh, 
when they're like, well, you know, a squirrel doesn't wonder, oh God, what should I eat? Because <laughs> squirrel just eats. Yeah, you know, a lot all the time. We have a lot all the time, basically of what mother nature gave him. Let's see, what do we need? We need yeah. to eat the right amount all the time of what mother nature gave us. Yeah, And it doesn't necessarily, you know, say Cheetos. <laughs> what? No, I, those things are so gross. Cardboard. Ugh. Um, but uh, there it is. Okay. So that was going to be like how we wrap this up. Right. I was going to say, like, give us a nutritional tip. You just did eat <laughs> and eat consistently from what mother nature gives you. And that really is at the end of the day, what it comes down to. If yeah. we just stopped eating processed crap and quick on the go things and really focused on eating foods we loved that are from mother nature. Yeah. We would create sustainability within our, our energy, within our ability to sleep better, eat better, take care of ourselves, communicate better, love ourselves better, all the things which really just wraps it up. And I adore you. And we've been talking for a long time. So yeah. <laughs> let's do a part two. <laughs> <laughs> um, we really could talk forever, but I think I'm going to honor your time and, uh, we'll really for real schedule part two, but I would love for you to share because I know the work that you do is so needed and so important and so necessary and really resonant for uh, probably everybody. So where can my people hang out with you? Where's your favorite platform to be and how can they get connected? Um, I would love to connect with everybody on Instagram. And I am, my handle is at wellness underscore on underscore purpose. So wellness on purpose with underscores between. And, um, and if you say you heard me on Kelly's podcast, if you DM me and say, I heard you there, I'd love to send the link to anybody on my free guide. I made a little free guide of what to eat more of. Ooh. To shed the weight, to maintain a healthy weight, to clean up your eating. 10, like 10 things on 10 tips on what to eat more of. That's amazing. Megan, thank you so much. We will make sure all of that is linked in the show notes. And I just adore you. You're the best. Oh, adore you too. This was fun. It was so fun. And to our listeners, I hope you love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. See you on the next episode.